All right, good morning, everybody. I'm Dan. I serve as the pastor here. If you're watching online, great to have you here today. It's, been a, it's kind of a reunion day for some of you that are here, been a part of North Bay for many years. Also, the team here, Alex and Taryn Potter. Uh, Alex served as our worship director for many years, and, and, and they're in Mexico, and, and they didn't mention it, but they're on a YWAM base down there, and they're doing a, a school of worship in this next season. And so if there's an interest you have in connecting with them at all, please do that after the service and how you can support them, at least praying praying for them. So it's great to have them. And, and Josh, Josh is heading out here in a couple weeks and doing mission work in the, in the hardest place on the earth, Hawaii. And so we got to pray for him. Uh, but there's a base as well, and there's some great, great things, Surf for the Nations, they're doing. And then Johnny, Johnny, it was great to have him in the drum say thanks for being here today. But it is a good opportunity as we come together. We're kind of getting toward the end of the summer. You know it's crab season, and we're getting to the end of the summer, right? And so here we are. We're, we're wrapping up our, well, we got another week after this, we'll talk about here in a moment, our series called Flourish. And what we've been saying this summer is, you know, summertime is a great time to lay back and kick back a little bit, but we can kind of get a little lazy with our faith, right? And I'm not saying like, well, you haven't been at church all summer. I'm not keeping score for that. But maybe, though, you have just kind of slipped a little bit, maybe in your devotional life, maybe in your prayer, and pretty soon you find yourself, I don't know, not, not really in, in, in close friendship with Jesus, and there was a drift. God didn't go anywhere. You did. And we can kind of flake out in our faith rather than flourish in our faith. And so we've just been really intentional these last several weeks in sharing different spiritual practices that we can do to help us grow and, and actually find ourselves, our faith stronger at the end of summer and not weaker. This morning, our, our spiritual practice that we're going to look at, I would say is something that's the fact that we have to talk about it is kind of sad. But our society hasn't been doing this much lately, and that's celebration. Celebration. And, you know, we, you look back in the pandemic, and one of the things that took a lot of lives, many lives, but it's kind of robbed us of rejoicing and actually having uh, gathering together. It's, let's just say the pandemic was one big party pooper, right? I mean, we could sit <laughs> it's just been that way. And, 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 you know, you look at 2020, and, you know, there was, there was weddings, there's anniversaries, there's birthdays canceled okay there was just nothing and and we look back our son graduated from college in 2020 and you know they were going to put a commencement and then they were going to do it, and then they're not and then it was in virtual and then they happened and then he just got this box in the mail that it had you know he got the paperwork that he graduated way to go and then there was some streamers and a little banner and woohoo you know and a little it's like what do we do you know party at home I mean, it just it was just and then 2021, we got back into the rhythm of things. We're outdoor things and masks and, you know, all that. You're just used to a PTSD from it all, right, don't we? And yet we're just trying to, what we've discovered is, in all these last few years is, it's like we've been just kind of told, uh, dis, almost preconditioned, stay away from each other. <laughs> that's kind of what's happened. So when we get back in these things, it's, 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 it hasn't been really that easy sometimes. And, and yet, those watching today, you're, watch, you're watching online, it's been a great tool. It's been there for a long time, and we discovered here's a great opportunity for people to connect that, that it's distance, it's maybe health issues or mobility issues, that you're not able to be here today to uh, gather with us, but you, you connect this way or throughout the week. As much as that's wonderful there, the reality is... We were not meant to be separated from one another. We are meant to 
come together in community, in person, live and in person. And yet, over the last couple of years, I don't know if you know because we had, you know, our, our theme with this is, you know, being connected in a, in a withering world. And I would say that it's been a, it's created a cynical world. The disconnection has led us into a, a place of cynicism, of, of being critics. I mean, everybody's a critic. Have you noticed that? On a whole nother level, okay? Just read through Yelp or the next door neighbor app. Those people, those people out there are vicious, right? If you left your dog out, okay, you're canceled, okay? Get out of our neighborhood, okay? It's just pretty bad. And so this, this dissatisfaction, it, it's created the meme. It's created, well, it's created the Karens out there. And if your name is Karen, I was going through, don't raise your hand if your name is Karen. Um, we're sorry your name is, you're not, your parents did not know, okay? They had no idea that your name one day will be that. I don't want to push that forward. I hope it fades. I hope that whole thing fades for you. But you know what? We've all been Karens, haven't we? We all have been in a culture of Karens. And, and the cynicism is really in everything. I was thinking about, can you name an institution that, that actually we can trust today? If I say, say uh, entities like this, the federal government, some of you are like, oh man, no way am I going to trust the government, right? The local government, like well, I don't know where our tax dollars are going. I'm really concerned about blah, 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 right? Education, oh my gosh, what we're teaching kids today, I don't even really know what's happening. University, well, that's where it started. It started in the university, and then it trickles down. Hollywood, oh my gosh, what, they're, what the propaganda that they're using to do this. How about this? Corporate America, it's all about the money. They're just trying, this whole thing is actually a conspiracy to get the spread products it out and, and to make money all that's happened how about law enforcement well there was another thing there's another th shooting i heard in the news and, and and we're just all these you could just pick one well how about the church oh man the church right past celebrity pastors follow another one falls again you know there there's scandals that just keep piling up and here's the interesting thing in the church we've become cynical as well it, it, it's it's interesting, I, I, I was just thinking about if I, if I use social media to inform what it means, if I don't know anything about Christianity, and I use social media to tell me about Christianity, I would stay as far away from it as possible. You know, what, we've, what Christians have, have expressed at times is vicious and mean. You know, it's interesting, uh, I, and I think about why, why, why do we have we even allowed cynicism in, in, in the church? John Tyson, he has a book called Beautiful Resistance. Kind of gave some reasons. I think it makes sense how it can seep in to even our, our Christian, Christian faith. He says, we're cynical at times about people with genuine enthusiasm believing their naivety will, 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 crush, will be crushed by pain. We are cynical about God moving because we're, we've witnessed too many answered, un, uh, prayers unanswered. We're cynical about things changing for the better because we know how hard life could be. And it's difficult, isn't it? As life gets, we get older and as we go through life and the harder things we go through, what we'll end up saying to people that have a lot of enthusiasm and positivity will say things like this, just you wait though, just you wait, you know? going to happen. And, and so what's happened is, and this is the dirty little secret of cynicism I, I found is this, is that 
the reason we stay negative is that we don't need to have high expectations any longer, even as followers of Jesus. Now, if there's ever a time of, of gratitude that we have is, is now. And if you're a follower of Jesus, the God, the most opt optimistic being in the universe, what did he do? In his perfect goodness, not only being our creator, but providing a savior, the perfect sacrifice, so that when we receive Jesus and his blood is in our life and covers our life from the forgiveness of sins and pure and holy before a heavenly, our heavenly father, we do not go to hell. Is there anything more exciting to know that you don't have to go to hell, right? <laughs> and yet, we, we truly believe at times in this world of cynicism, we get caught up in it. And if we, if we miss that, if we miss the ultimate reward and everything that we get to experience, then, well, I guess we're spoiled then, right? If we don't realize this, and, and yet, what we find ourselves is we can get off a little bit. And so I think it's important to talk about. It's important to bring to light, to, to bring to the attention of the discipline and the practice of celebration. So today, this is our, our thought for today. Today's truth is this. Celebrating the goodness of God fosters a, a culture of gratefulness. Celebrating the goodness of God. When we celebrate God's goodness, it fosters a culture of gratefulness. Living in a very cynical world, we can get off. We can miss it. We get caught up in the negative that is there. And we need, even in the hard times, in the difficult times, we need to look for the, the good in our life. You know, I, I heard recently, and just reminded me of a, a phrase. I don't know if you've heard this before. You ever heard the phrase, finding honey in the hard places? Has anybody heard that phrase? A few of you have. It's kind of an old phrase people used to use, and it comes from a scripture in Psalms 81. This is what it says in Psalms 81. It says, Oh, that my people would listen to me with honey from the rock, I will uh, have satisfied you. Now, I am not a, what would you be, a bee person? There's a name. I'm sure there's some study of bees. Some of you can tell me later. I'm not a bee expert, but Bees don't come from rocks, okay? I'm just saying, it comes from hives. Well, here's the thing. In Israel, if you go there, it, the climate is so interesting. It has all these different, in a small little country. But if you go in the wilderness, on the, on the east side of the mountains, it's very dry and arid. And so when you go, when, when the Bible talks about the wilderness, it's just like, um, it's kind of like going to the Grand Canyon. I mean, it's, there's no vegetation. It's just rock. It's just rocky, rocky place. And so what this is referring to is actually a pilgrimage that the, the Jewish people would take to Jerusalem. So you, you can imagine down in the Dead Sea, which is about, uh, what is it, 846 feet below sea level, that a person would start and they would climb to Jerusalem. They would send to Jerusalem on a pilgrimage to the holy city. It would be, Jerusalem's about 2,500 feet above sea level. So they would travel, and it's 16 miles, and it's, it's switchbacks all the way to Jerusalem. Only That's not that far away, but it's a long ways when you're climbing 3,300 feet by foot. I took a tour bus. It wasn't a problem. I thought it was fine. It was air-conditioned. Judy, you remember our trip. But when we, 
when they got there, along the way, they were hungry and tired, and so they saw the rock formations, and they would look, and hives would find, they would, they would be created in, in, the, in, the, in the, you know, the, the clefts of the rock and the, the, the what's the word? Um, what's the word? I can't, crevices, crevices. I guess that's a good word for that. Um, so picture them, they're tired, they're hungry, and they look, and there's honey. There's honey that's there, and they're like, oh my gosh, this will get us through, and maybe they had a little bread and water, hopefully, with them, and had a little honey on their bread, or just eating the honey along the lines, and it's this idea of, like, I got substances. I can make it. I'm gonna get through the hard places, because I got honey. I, 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 I have, it's tucked away, and that this little honey gives me strength and encouragement. Can I tell you that God has sweetness in, in, in available for us in the hard places. There's honey in the hard places for us, and even in the unexpected places, it's there. If you look for it, if you look for honey in the hard places, and guess what? Good news, honey's already come. It's already come in good news. The good news is the good news has happened already. God provided through his son, Jesus. When Jesus entered into the world, it says in his, when, he, when he came into his public ministry, this is what he said. Why he came, he says, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because this is why I was sent. Jesus saying, listen, I'm expressing the kingdom of God. It's a good kingdom. And it's a good kingdom that I want to celebrate with you. That the kingdom of God, well, it's a party. It's a party that we can, we can celebrate what God has done. This good news has come. And, it's, and, and so what Jesus would do is, his celebration wasn't with the religious. Jesus spent little time, if you read through the Gospels, in the synagogue with the religious people. Jesus spent time with people that were nothing like him, and he liked being with people that were nothing like him. And here's the thing. People like nothing like Jesus, like Jesus. He was accessible, and he would, he would spend time and be with people that were so not perfect. In fact, Luke writes how Jesus was being questioned even about who he was celebrating, who he was partying with. The religious leaders were complaining because he was eating with people of bad reputation. It says, Luke writes this, he says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. See, the, the Pharisees, they were, they were boring moralists of the day. They, they, they celebrated kind of their own goodness, really did not want to get involved with the messiness and of, of broken people. And Jesus went around. In fact, they, they called them this term. It was derogatory. He's a friend of sinners. And you know what? If there was T-shirts printed back then, yeah, he would have a logo, friend of sinners. He would wear it pride right? Believe, and that's why he came. And yet, what happened along the lines? Somehow along the lines, following Jesus became dry and boring. What happened? I don't know, but judgy, controlling, insecure church people have given him a bad reputation. My old pastor used to say, why does it seem that some church people, it's like they're been baptized in pickle juice it's true isn't if anybody should have joy if anybody should be partying would be the followers of jesus and all that he's given us and all that he will give us one day we need a party the kingdom of god is a party how many want to party like jesus okay stand your feet right now go ahead stand your feet we're gonna party 
We're going to party. Cue the music. Turn it up a little louder. Let's, let's push that ball around. Push it around. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Get it around. Get it to the back. Don't dodge the ball. Hit the ball. Come on. Keep the ball up. back there. Thank you guys. You can take a seat. I did youth ministry for about a year here, so we have, we have fun in this building. We have fun, right? And it almost for some of you, you're like, I saw somebody do this, ducking. Why are you ducking? Hit the ball. Come on. You're just not used to it. We're not used to church being fun. Why does fun always have to be out there? Why does the world have more fun than we do? It doesn't make sense. And so Jesus was about the party. He was about the kingdom. Is a God is like a party. It's interesting. He tells a story how where what we do is he goes, it's like this guy who wants to have this banquet. And he invites the prominent people. He sends out his, his servant to go and bring these hand invitations. He come to the party, come to the party. And all these prominent people were busy. They had things to do. They had they had uh, they had jobs and they had other things they had to check their crab pots they had this over here whatever they had to do and they they goes oh, i'm busy I, I i can't do that i have I, I he goes well then we're gonna do this he goes i want you this is what he says he said the master told him his servant go out to the roads in country lanes and compel them to come in so my house will be full i tell you no one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet when we get it, he's saying, here's the taste. The people, not, not the prominent people, not the religious people, they don't want that. They are not wanting what I have for them, this party, the taste of the kingdom of God. It's so good. And yet, we miss it sometimes, and we don't realize it. But I know this, that, that God can change me. He can change the most times, the most negative and critical. And when I recognize his goodness in my life, it, it fills me with, with gratitude. And so, I want to encourage us to look for the honey in the rock, to look for the, the honey in the hard places, to be intentional about that and celebrating him. It's not, a, it, it, it's not a natural thing for us, at least lately it's been. So I want to give you some thoughts, some practical ways you want to take some notes of just practical ways to celebrate, to, some reasons to rejoice, to reasons rejoice. And listen, if we, if we don't do these things, we will turn cynical and when the cynicism happens, it, it ends up doing this. It, it makes us negative, and we actually have more doubt and disbelief than really, really turning to what God has done for us. And so a way that hunting the hard, hard places, I, I, this is what Apostle Paul says how to do this. He says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. The word rejoice here is, it's funny, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. He's getting the message to you. Rejoice, rejoice. The idea of rejoice is like 
re-upping joy every day. You're rejoying every day. Every day is a decision that you make. And, 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 and happiness is good. That happiness is based on circumstances and happenstance and happenings. But, but joy is this purity of God that comes from the Lord giving us. And it's a choice we make. Rejoicing is a choice that we have to find joy. And there's many reasons to find joy. Yet this morning you might struggle a little bit. You're like, that's kind of tough for me to to do right now. Well, I want to give you some reasons to really compel us all to recognize how good God has given us, that he is good and his kingdom is good and his kingdom to be a kingdom of celebration. Reasons to rejoice. First is this, the lost are found. The lost are found. In our small group, uh, Larry, is Larry here today? She's back there. I'm going to tell the story. So, Larry, she, we had a prayer time at the group, and, and you know, you're a little sheepish about it, because it's like, many, what happened was more, but it didn't want it to be something about materialism and everything, but she had, she lost her wedding ring, and, and all of us are married going, oh, it's not just the value of the ring, it really means a lot, I mean, it's, it's, you know, decades of marriage and everything, and so, her and Steve had been doing some yard work and everything, and they searched high and low for days, and she goes, I, I really, honestly, I just want to, if you could pray for, for us to find the ring. And so we prayed, and a few others gave some suggestions where to look. And some people said, well, just look again, third and fourth. And finally, they, they, found, they found the ring. Actually, Steve found the ring, and, and he texted it to her. And I think, Steve, you said, you know, will you marry me? And, and she, she grabbed her phone, and, and unfortunately, she hit, she hit the auto response, and it said no back. And so, so but she corrected that. She didn't, oh, well, I was I not to share that part? Uh, but you know what we did, though? That next small group, or even did over tax, we celebrated. We rejoiced that that lost item, precious, precious thing, was, was found. God cares about those things. He, got, he cares about them. And he cares about the things that are, that, that are lost. I, I, it reminds me of the, the, the woman in Luke 15, where Jesus says, of a, of a story where this woman, she says she lost a coin. And it says when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. God cares about the things, but God cares way more about the people. He cares way more of not just finding lost things, but lost people to be found. Jesus goes on in the story of tells of lost things, leads to the lost person. And that was the, the rebellious son that left his dad, says, I want to go live on my own, do my thing. He squandered all the wealth his father gave him. He comes crawling back, thinking he had to grovel, and thinking that the father is going to judge him and maybe reject him. And the father does the opposite, accepts him back in. And he says to them this, he goes, I thought you were gone. I thought you were lost. I thought you were dead. No, my son is alive. And the scripture Jesus says, he said this, they begin to celebrate. God loves uh, for us to rejoice when lost pinner, people find Jesus. Lost people from a sinner to a saint. The, 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 the Bible says that the celebration is heaven that's happening. Heaven throws parties for people that have been found. If you're here today, we want to celebrate if you've been lost and you found Jesus by baptism next weekend. 
that's where we can celebrate and rejoice what God has done. Let us know how we can do that with you. He cares about the lost. He cares about people far from God. The church is supposed to be a party to celebrate lives that are transformed. I want to encourage us at times that when we see a person enthusiastic about their, their new faith, don't be a wet blanket. Don't be go, well, just wait until that wears off, that feeling wears off. People have done that in our life. Well, good for you. I've been there before. No, don't ever squelch people's enthusiasm as they're pursuing the Lord. That's encouragement means we, 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 we cheer them on as we do that. Another thing, a reason to, to rejoice is this. This is the tough one. Your, your pain has ultimate purpose. Your pain has ultimate purpose. You know, and, and when I was in high school in locker rooms and weight rooms, it was no pain, no gain. You remember that? Maybe your coach said that, your weightlifting teacher said that to you. And we all know this, and we all know at times we got to take a deep breath and grin and bear it. And we're just pushing through it, and we're pushing through it. And that, that takes a, a, lot of, a lot of stamina, a lot of strength that God gives us. But the, the, the difficult, the next feat in all of it is actually to find joy through it. <laughs> it's actually to find and smile through it and have a positive attitude through it. That's the challenge that Apostle James gives us. He says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Why? What's the reason for it? So, so it be the testing your faith that develops perseverance. And what does perseverance need to do? Finish its work, okay? That you may become mature and complete, not lacking anything. I think people that are following Jesus, I think all of us again, you know, I just really want to be a mature Christian. I really want to be, I want to be whole. I want to be, I want to find a place of completeness in my life and fulfillment in life. Well, guess what? James is saying, there's a pathway. There's a pathway of pain that you have to go through, right? We say this a lot. You have to, to you have to, to grow through, you have to go through, okay? To grow, you have to go through it. There's a time and place where you have to work through in the season you're in, and the outcome, yes, you're grateful for the pain that's it's done, because pain, right, you know, sorrow comes at night, joy comes in the morning. There will be a day. Heaven will be ultimately that place of no more pain, no more death, no more suffering, and yet, in the midst of it, God is teaching us, growing us, and developing us, and being mature and complete, not lacking anything. You can't get around it. We sure try. We want the easy way, the comfortable way, and it never, ever comes that way. Rejoicing in, this, in pushing through the pain will give us reason that know on the outcome there will be maturity. Another thing to think about is this. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, you don't have to do it alone. Rejoice, reason to rejoice is this. You are not alone. You are not alone. I lost my dad when I was 14, my, my mom when I was 40, and just a few weeks after, after my mom passed, we were having a service, and one of our services, someone brought a lady to me and, and, and said, well, this, this lady, she, she lost her mom just a couple weeks ago, and I lost my mom about a month ago. And I saw tears in her eyes, I saw tears in my eyes, and I just felt the Lord just wanted me to give her a hug. Well, the, here's the weird part of it is, I give her a hug, and I start weeping with her. I'm talking ugly cry, heaving, weeping, crying, okay? And here's, I didn't do that with anybody else. This stranger, of course, she's going, wow, this pastor really cares, you know? And what was happening is I was feeling her grief. I was relating with her, and there was this moment. And it was just, it was, there was something released in me and some, 
you know, all of it. I don't, she'd probably never come back again going, wow, okay, that's a little too much. But you know, the Bible says this. No, we're going to have to be Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. King Solomon says this way, there's a time to mourn and there's a time to laugh. And, and you know, this is why we come to church. That's why we gather together. It's why we get in small groups is to share each, with each other and grieve together. In our Western world, we're horrible at this. We're getting worse and worse and worse at it. The audience here today, he just came from Malawi, Africa, and crazy trip. You can talk to him about it. But he talked about in the Malawans how they mourn days of mourning, wailing and days and days of everything. Gosh, this just seems overkill. The reality is we do not mourn well in our world. I, I find that people, when I'm a pastor and they say, I hear you lost someone and you're, are you needing help with any kind of funeral arrangements or anything? They, they, this is what a lot of people say. No, nope, we're not doing anything. They didn't want anything and so we're just, and I think that's horror. That's a bad idea because if you don't grieve properly, you'll grieve unhealthy ways and it's a mess don't do that to yourself take time to do that so not only taking time that we grieve well and mourn well but we we also need to rejoice we need when the highs are highs we need to celebrate those things i love how romans 12 you know rejoice with rejoice and mourn with those who mourn this is how it reads in the message it says laugh with your happy friends when they're happy shed tears when they're down Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. <laughs> I think that's hilarious because we've all met the somebody, right? They just, they're keeping, they're too cool for school, right? They're just, they're just doing their thing and everything. Nope. We are to be a people of nobodies and loving every, every somebody that's around. That's what the church does. That's what the church cares about is to do this. And so I want to encourage us this week to find the somebodies. The, not, well, the great somebodies might not want you, but the somebodies or the anybodies, and come together and party. Have a party this week. That's your spiritual practice. Well, what does that look like? Well, in our doing life together, you'll notice if you follow that along, there's not any questions. There's a party. Just have a party. Throw a party. It might be gathering with your small group at the beach like our, our group does. It might be having a barbecue at your house. It might be having a picnic. You, how about a crab fest, huh? Crab season. Get a bunch of people together and, and, and shell crab and have crab together. Do some things. Get on a boat. Have some fun. Uh, you can't do beach fires. They're banned. But do something. Have some fun this week with people that are waiting for you. They're, they're feeling like nobody. What if you were the person to reach out to them to do that coffee opportunities with a friend whatever it might be to look for that and why because we as followers of jesus have so much to celebrate if anybody has the purpose on the planet to party is we do not in a prideful way not like we're going to heaven you're not and we don't do that stuff we're just saying we're saying we know our destination we we have so much to celebrate what god has done and transform our life and it becomes contagious. And people going, what, why are they the way they are? And like I said, we'll have a big party. Let us know. We can celebrate you in baptism next weekend to do that. Well, finally, another, maybe, maybe the most obvious reason to celebrate. Let's not miss this last one. The reasons to rejoice is this. Your name is on the invite list. Your name is on the invite list. If you didn't know anything else, if, you, if life is really bad for you, know one day... There's reservations with your name on it. My aunt passed away just a few years ago, and she had season tickets to the, she had charter 
seats. So when the Seahawks hadn't even started yet, she bought season tickets. Like, she's with, within just a few hundred people that did that in 1975 or something. And so when you go to, and it, she had these seats in the kingdom, and then they transferred to, now it's Lumen Field. And so my son and I, last year, we went to sit in her seats, great seats, by the way, right behind the bench. Uh, still had to pay for them. <laughs> but I look, and there my, my uh, aunt's name is on the seat. I got to sit in her seat. I'm saying, guess what? There is a nameplate uh, reserved for your seat in heaven. There's going to be a wedding banquet and, on your behalf. You, there's a celebration in heaven that's going to happen. And you can be there if you know Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, your name, it's secure. It doesn't, it's not going to, it's, it's, it's going to stay in permanent ink forever. It's there. You know, it's interesting. Jesus shared with his disciples this reality, just to remind him of it. Because, you know, you're with Jesus and you're, you know, you're watching Jesus do Jesus' stuff. And then he says, you get to do what I do. And so they, they went out and did this. And, like, the, the disciples were experiencing miracles through them. People were healed and touched and everything. And they came back and they must have said, man, we really, Jesus, we just really just... It was amazing. Oh, we blew it. I mean, it was, we, it was a great day of ministry, Jesus. This is what he does. He brings them along, kind of levels them a little bit. He says this. He says, How, he says well, that's great. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice your names are written in heaven. You know what kills the party greater than anything else is entitlement. It'll kill it. If you are not living a life of gratitude, it brings everybody down. See, one of the saddest situations in Scripture is where that the younger son had the party and celebrated, but the older son did not want to come into that party. He saw his father suffer all these years and missing his son. It was about this lost son, and he felt jealous. He felt entitled because he'd done all this work. In fact, he told his dad that, why he wasn't going to go in the party to celebrate the, the younger brother. He goes, this son of yours, he squandered your wealth and do this, and you have a party for him? You didn't have a party for me when I, my friends got together. And the Bible says that he refused to come in the party. Never did. Can I tell you, pride will keep you from the party. Don't let cynicism, negativity, even in our faith sometimes, don't let that happen to you. Your name can be and is, and believing for it through Christ is written in the Lamb's book of life. I invite our team to come as we close here today. The other night we had dinner with some friends and and uh, other friends are here. Uh, they they were sharing. We got to know each other and you, you know when you first meet some friends and they, they you share their your story and you you share your story and the wife was sharing about how you know she wanted to marry marry a Christian man and, and she met met this man and seemed like a good moral Christian guy and everything and then a few years into the marriage after a church service. He comes home and confesses something to her. You know the, that this morning, you know, the pastor was talking about, you know, your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. I want you to know my name wasn't in there, but it is now because I, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And she's like, wait a second, I thought you were a Christian. <laughs> she goes, I wouldn't, have married it. I wouldn't marry you if you weren't a Christian. And yet he had not crossed the line. He'd not given his life fully to, to Jesus. You know, we're not called to be cultural Christians. We're not called to follow someone else's faith. We're not, we're, the motive in which we follow Jesus needs to be our own motive. 
needs to be our own reason, our own name to be in that book. Not your parents' name, not some other, you know, under, under someone else's reservations, your name to be there. Do you know for sure your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? life. Is it, can you rejoice in that today? If we could celebrate with you this morning. But as we pray, and as we do, we'll pray for you, and I'll give you opportunity. I also want to think of the people that are here today that I know my name's there, I know that, but I, I'm struggling with negativity. I'm really, really struggling with my, my heart. And it's gotten worse, it's gotten worse, especially the last few years. And yeah, I'm one of those, Dan, I, I watch too much news, I, I believe too many blogs, I follow this and I follow that. And I need to get back to the gospel. The Bible talks about finding your, don't forget, forsake your first love. Your first love is Jesus. Is it possible, is it possible that you've let that relationship keep you, sidetracked you away from really, truly knowing and following Jesus? This is a moment, an opportunity. This is a moment, an opportunity for you ask yourself that question as well. Will you pray with me? I just want to take a moment right now as I think of my friend, and we can assume a lot of people are followers of Jesus. We can assume that people have crossed the line, and they come to church, they read their Bible, they do Christian things, but how do you know for sure your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life? I remember that question as a young person. Someone asked me that. I, I wasn't sure. And they shared the scripture. John 1 says, all who believe in him, all call him by name, they have the right to become a child of God. It's confessing Jesus to be your Lord, to be your Savior today, and forgive you of your sins, that you actually made that commitment today, or in your life. If you haven't, today could be your day. And all I'm asking you today, if that's you this morning, just to lift your hand if that's you today. I want to pray for you. If you haven't given your life totally to Jesus today. I mean, not to mention this would be sin itself as a pastor, not to give that opportunity. Okay, I want to pray for those this morning, and I can be with you on this, that I have let negativity come in. I've done it. I've let, maybe maybe there's a form of pride. Some, somehow I thought I've got it figured out. Other people don't. I've been prideful about, about not being, the, being a prideful person. Those people, right? Well, we're the people. It's the moment, this is opportunity to say, Jesus, I just come before you and I repent of my negativity. I have not helped the cause of Jesus. I, I have I've allowed uh, the... I guess I've allowed the world. I've allowed, I allowed the negativity of the world to just buy into the same thing. And Lord, I, I ask that you forgive me. Lord, create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a, renew a right spirit of me today, Lord. Do that in me right now, Jesus. I don't want to, I don't want pride to keep me from the party. I don't want to keep pride from celebrating you and, and knowing this and, and knowing, Jesus, that you did everything for me. You went to the cross, and you died, and you rose again. And to give me life, Lord, life not only in this life, but life for all eternity, why would I, why would I not have reason to rejoice, to celebrate you, Lord Jesus? And so, Lord, today, maybe that's many of us here, and I would admit there's parts of my life that I've done that throughout my week. Lord, may, may I not go negative this week, Lord. 
even in the even in the hard places, Lord, will you show us the honey? Will you guide us toward that, that cleft, that crag in the rock where we see, we see, oh, there it is, there it is. And Lord, when we taste it, you are good and you're wonderful for our life. You refresh our soul and you help us along the journey, even in the hardest, toughest places. Lord, there's people in this room that are battling cancer. There's people in this room that are dealing with loved ones that are struggling in, in health issues. There's, there's pain in this room. There's difficulty in this room. Lord, will you help those in this to help them know that they would some way, somehow consider it pure joy when they face trials, and we all will face them, that the testing will give them perseverance and endurance and give them this, this joy, this supernatural joy. They're not just getting through it, but to grow in Christ's likeness toward you that would spread through. Lord, we, as we have kingdom of God parties this week, Lord, will you help us to truly have joy, not hype, not, not rah-rah, just pure joy in our lives that spreads to the people around us, the genuine joy that we have of celebrating your good and your kingdom is good and that we can live forever because our names are on the list and we want to see more names on that list for your kingdom purposes and for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and we're going to celebrate one more time. We probably won't do the, you know, the beach balls with it. Maybe we will. Maybe we're not. But we have reason to celebrate, don't we? So let's sing. Let's shout. Let's just proclaim the Lord's goodness. We have reason to rejoice. Have a great day. If you need prayer, we're here. Let us know. God bless you.